Welcome to our online campus. We are so glad you are joining us today. We want you to know that we are a church that is for you and we believe God is too. Take a moment before we get started to grab a coffee and invite a friend to join you online. You can do that by clicking the blue button under the video or by texting them our link, gracefreechurch.live. If you are new here, click the gray connect button. We would love to connect with you and add you to our email list so you don't miss out on anything going on at Grace. We also have a gift for you. Use the chat section on this page so you can engage in our online community. Feel free to jump in. We'd love to hear from you. We're about to get started with worship and then a message from God's word that will make sense for your life, followed by a few more songs. Please know that we are praying for you, we are here for you, and we are excited to worship our God together. Running hide, you bring the broken back to life. Only you can, only you can. You set me free from every chain. You fill my heart with songs of praise. Only you can, only you can. Jesus, you're the only reason that I'm even breathing. I am wide awake. Here we 
Wow, I hope those new songs are meaningful to you. It's so good to worship God together. Thanks for being at our online location. I'm so glad that you're joining us. And thanks so much for supporting the, the vision and the movement of Grace Free as we, as we show everybody in our county that God is for them and we're for them too. It's our heart and we can't do it without you. We can't do it without your generous support of our mission and this church. I'm just so glad that you're a part of this. We're about to jump into the next message in our series, All the Feels, Learning How to Feel Through Times Like These. And this one's kind of important. We're talking about purpose today and uh, I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to jump right into it. Dear God, we just thank you so much for your love for us, demonstrated on the cross for us. And it's just good to worship you wherever we are, whenever we're tuning into the online location. It's just so good to settle our hearts before you, to worship you. We know that you're not bound by time or space. Technology can't keep you out. A virus can't keep you out. You move, you move, and we're asking you to move in our hearts today, that you do something new and fresh in our lives. Remind us of who you are. Remind us of your love for us. Teach us through your word. Just remove me from the equation, and we ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. I'm so purposeless. I feel so purposeless. That's the title of today's message. We usually work on these and collaborate on messages when we're in the building process of a series or each talk. And there's often, I will, I will talk to my father about a message that we're developing and we'll pass some text messages back and forth. We'll talk about some different passages that work and, and, and kind of dig in a little deeper and peel back the layers to what God's saying <clears throat> through a specific text. And this week, as we were preparing for this message, he sent me, uh, he, he had gotten surgery, so he wasn't quite in the loop, and he sent me a message when he was feeling a little better, like, hey, just checking in, what's the, what's the, what, are, what are we talking about this week, what's the message? And I sent him back a text, a quick text, and I just wrote, I feel so purposeless. <laughs> I get an instant response right away, I totally understand, I can't imagine what you're feeling as you're going through this journey and trying to lead this congregation through this. <laughs> I mean, I, I was like, whoa, no, 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 wait. That's the name of the title. That's not how I'm feeling. But it's completely understandable if you're feeling purposeless. If even at one time in your life you did feel like you had purpose and meaning and were on track for it, but somewhere along the line things went off the rails and now... You look at your life and maybe you look at your job or you look at what you're doing. You look at, at the work you're pouring in. You look at the effort you're pouring into your home or your workplace or your finances. And you think, man, I'm not getting anywhere. I feel so purposeless. Because I know as we wade into these waters to talk about your purpose, and you have a purpose. Your life has meaning. No matter who you are, no matter how bad you've messed it up already, no matter what challenges you're walking through right now, you have a purpose and your life has meaning, and you will never be satisfied until you understand what those two things are. 
I know this as we wade into the waters of talking about purpose. It's that we all, we're all searching for it. We're all searching for our purpose. We're all searching for our meaning. What, what we really need to understand, what we have trouble finding the answer for in life is why. Why me? Why here? Why am I doing this? Why do I exist? There, there has to be something more. We are, we're all looking for our purpose. And we're all finding out together that it's the answer to our purpose and why we exist, it's not found in a bunch of things. It's not, it's not found in things that you get or, or what you have or don't have. I mean, your purpose, it's not found in, and so, so we come upon answer after answer. So many answers that lead us down discouraging paths. So many times we're looking for answer and we're thinking maybe my purpose, the meaning in my life comes from accruing enough things or stuff and you just look at people that have accrued a lot of stuff and still feel empty inside. And you realize, maybe you've tasted that, that the answer to purpose and meaning is not found in money. It's not found in the arms of some other person. As disappointment of broken relationship after broken relationship creep into our lives, we start to realize that no one's perfect and no one can ever fulfill our meaning and worth perfectly. It, so many wrong answers to the question, what's my purpose? And maybe right now, you're searching and finding the wrong answers. And you, in your heart, have this unsatisfied feeling. As you realize that things and people, and job titles and position, clout, what other people say about you, they can't give your life the meaning that you're looking for. They can't, they can't define your worth the way it was designed to be defined. Purpose, we're all searching. And every time we run into disappointment from a bad answer to why we exist, to what our, where our purpose is found, to, to what our meaning looks like, it equals more disappointment in our life. It equals more frustration in our life. And it equals more desperation as we dig deeper to understand this key, pivotal question. Why me? What's my purpose? When am I going to feel like my life has real meaning? The search for purpose is something that runs through all of our hearts. And you will be unsatisfied until you truly find your purpose, the purpose God has for your life. The purpose, it's such a big and important topic, and as we're wandering into this area of talking about our purpose, it's important to acknowledge a couple things. And one is that we are so frustrated because we're coming at this question in the wrong direction. You see, we work at it backwards. We, we want to find our purpose in what we do and in how we do it. But it's the wrong way to start. we got to stop coming at our purpose from the wrong end. You see, your purpose, understanding your purpose, walking into your purpose, discovering the meaning of your life, it doesn't start with what you do. It doesn't start with how you do it. It can't be found in the job title. 
or the labels. It starts with your heart. There's a great passage in the Bible. We've talked about David throughout this series a couple times, and he's a major character in the Old Testament, a king of Israel. He started out as the son of Jesse, who was tending some sheep in a field. That's where our story picks up with David. I was thinking through purpose. I really wanted to rewind and talk about the very beginning of David's ministry, the moments he walked into his purpose, the time he started to step out of just the time he started to embrace what God had designed him for. David, he starts in this field tending sheep, left behind, considered to be out of the equation, not in the running. And, and as I sit and I think about that, I think how many times I've sat in that. How many times I've felt like the discarded one, the passed by one, the one who wasn't good enough, the one who made too many mistakes, the one who didn't fit in, the one who didn't know enough, hadn't the pedigree everybody else had, the one who didn't have the resume everybody else had, the one who didn't have the connections everybody else had, discarded and set aside. I felt like David. I felt like David in ministry. I felt like David in life. I felt like David in every area. Maybe you have too. Maybe you're sitting in that discarded space where you think, man, maybe my life would have more meaning if I had more credentials, but God doesn't call the people with credentials to do his work. He's constantly picking people, not the way we would pick people. He starts with the heart and your purpose and your meaning. It doesn't start with what you do. It starts with where your heart's at. I don't know, maybe you're feeling like David. Samuel was a guy walking out his purpose, living in his meaning, doing what God had called and designed him to do from a young age. Samuel heard the call of his life and had been walking it out. By the way, living in your purpose, it doesn't mean everything's always awesome or great or fun. In fact, Samuel had a lot of difficult days. And this day started out as a very difficult day, even though he was living his purpose and living a life full of meaning. You see, Samuel, he had been called, God told Samuel, like, hey, King Saul, the one you loved and installed as king of Israel, his time's up. I'm, I'm moving on from him. It's time for you to go and anoint a new king. Samuel was grieving this moment. This was a painful moment for him. It was so hard for him to acknowledge that God was moving him in his purpose in a different direction. You see, your plans aren't God's purpose for you. That's a big distinction that we got to get. Like, what, what you're planning for your life, it doesn't necessarily mean that's what God's got for you. But I know this, God's got something better. God would do something absolutely incredible that Samuel would get to witness through the life of the next king Samuel was called to anoint over Israel. Samuel, though, he's grieving this moment. This is a difficult moment when you come to the realization that your plan or how you saw it all working out isn't the same as what God has planned. But Samuel also knew that though it grieved him, he was going to be faithful because that's what living in your purpose, that's what living a life of meaning is. 
And so Samuel, he follows God's instruction. He goes to Jesse. He's afraid. It's scary. He's worried about Saul, hearing about it. He goes to this guy named Jesse, and he says, gather all your sons. God wants me to anoint the next king of Israel, and he told me it's coming from your family. So Jesse gathers a bunch of his sons around, like all the top picks, the top of the draft list. And Samuel comes there, and they set up an altar, and they're going to sacrifice. And he goes, and he's looking at one of Samuel's sons, And it says this in verse 7, or sorry, it says, When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. Like Eliab walks up and it's like the rock walking in to WWE match, right? Like he's like, oh, this is the one. This is the guy. There's nobody better than this one. This he's slapped together. He looks like a king. The guy, he just looks right. This has got to be it. He's strong. He's big. He, he handles himself like he's, and, and God has this such an important verse. He says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height for I've rejected him. And then this key word, ready? The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. Your purpose. It doesn't start with the outward labels. It doesn't start with the work you're doing, the job you have. It doesn't start with all of that stuff. It starts with your heart. You see, your purpose isn't what you do. It's who you are. It's who God is making you into. Another son comes up, and Samuel's like, good choice B. You know, maybe this is the one. It's not the one. He goes through all the sons, and he's like, man, where's the, is this it, Jesse? Like, where, this can't be it. None of these guys are the Lord's anointed to be the next king. Is that all you got? And Jesse says to Samuel, there is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. And Samuel says, send for him. We're not going to sit down until he arrives. Discarded afterthought in the whole equation of who's going to be king next. You, you, You feel discarded like an afterthought. Like maybe your life can't really have purpose or meaning like somebody else's. But if you just do the faithful stuff and have your heart set on God, the right place, You're going to end up walking into your purpose and living a life of meaning no matter what the job you have looks like. They're like, we're not going to sit. I love this attitude. Like, I'm not going to sit. I wish more people had this attitude. I wish more people had this kind of urgency, this kind of fortitude. I wish more people were like, you know what? We're not going to sit down until you step into your purpose. I'm not going to sit down until the right person gets in the game. I'm not going to sit down and wait anymore for a bunch of people who are messing around in the field. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to sit down until they get in the game. I, I love that kind of urgency. Samuel's like, man, go get him. Go. This is too important. This is too important to be messing around with. God's purpose for you is too important 
the, the life he's calling you to live and who he's making you into. It's too important to be distracted by the nonsense we get distracted by. So he's like, I'm not going to sit down and wait. I'm not waiting. Like the time's now. It's not when you get older. It's not next year. It's not like, oh, when the replacement comes to take care of the sheep in the field. It's so urgent. Like now's the moment to step into your purpose. Now. Not when you get further down the road. Not when you clean it up a little bit. Not when you learn more. Not when you graduate from seminary. Right now. I'm going to stand here and wait for somebody to step into their purpose. Right now, you've been sitting there waiting to step into your purpose. Some of you, you've been feeling God's call in your life to make some change. You've been feeling God's pull to do some stuff different. You've been feeling his tug to meaning and purpose. He's been calling you to become more like Christ, to become more like the one he's designed you to be. And you've just been waiting around. It's time to step into your purpose and to live a full life of meaning that God has for you. Samuel stands there and waits and David comes up and he's like, this is the one. Rise and anoint him, the Lord said. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David Samuel then left and went to Ramah. You have here this promise without the payoff. And I think that's where most of us get to when we're thinking about our purpose. You see, I think most of us, we get to the inspiring part. God has purpose and meaning for us. And some, on some level, we accept that. We're, we buy that. We're like, yes, God's got something better for us. Uh, you know, and then, and then what happens is we don't see the, the payoff right away. You, we're walking it back to the field. Where do you think David went after Samuel left? He didn't go to be king. It wasn't like, oh, right away, you know, like, oh, I anointed you as the next king of Israel. Go take your crown. Go gather some forces. God's going to wipe everybody out. He's going to remove the things that are in your way right now, today. That's not how it works. I think sometimes our expectation is that God has a purpose and a plan for my life. And as soon as I acknowledge that, as soon as I say, all right, God, I'm done. I'm done wasting my time. I'm done doing all this other meaningless stuff. I'm done with the distractions. I want to step in to your purpose and, and what you have for me and, and your plan for my life. We expect all of the obstacles to be removed right away. We expect the path to be clear. It's just going to be an easy journey from here on out after all all God said it and I claimed it so that should just be that David he walks back to the field to tending sheep to being the youngest son in the clan of Jesse that's what David does after his plan and that's where we get hung up you see we get hung up after the promise but before the payoff and, and there's something really important to understand about your purpose in the space between, 
when you acknowledge that God's got a plan for your life and that his plan is not to harm you, it's not to hurt you, it's not to watch your demise, that he's got a plan to prosper you, that he's got a plan that's good for you, that he's got a plan that leads you somewhere better than you could get on your own. You see, the the problem comes in the space between that truth and the realization of that truth and how it plays out in our day-to-day lives. That's where the hang-up comes. But, but the truth of walking into your purpose is, it starts with your heart, and it's played out by being faithful in the little things, even when you don't see the results. David, he goes back to that field. He's not like, oh, church was good, but I don't see anything. I'm going to give up on God now. He's not like, oh, man, you know, like that was such a cool moment when he poured that oil over my head. Did you hear him say, I'm going to be like the next king of Israel, so I'm just going to sit here miserable and complain until it happens. He doesn't like say, oh, well, you know, like you tell so much by our attitudes, right? The discontentment, you can't see it. The anger, the complaining. No, it's not like that, you know, like we can't even deal with a couple weeks off church, like not, not meeting in the building the way it was, you know, like Dave, you don't see any of that in David's heart. It, it wasn't about what he did, his purpose and meaning. It wasn't found in the job title. It was, it was found in who God was making him into, your purpose. It's not about what you do. It's about who you are. And it's about what God is making you into, who he is making you into. That's why you can see people who have the best jobs ever. They're they're working big jobs. They have big toys. They're making lots of money. They, They seem like they have it all together, but they're still searching for meaning and purpose, and there's something still unsatisfied in their hearts. And that's why you can find some kid working his first job, flipping burgers at McDonald's. I don't even know if they flip burgers at McDonald's, but you get the point of the story. You can find some kid, 16 years old, got his first job, making a couple bucks an hour in the middle of a pandemic, and yet his heart is so full. It's because that kid can realize his meaning and purpose is not found in what he does. It's found in who God's making him into. It's not, it's not what you do that gives your life purpose. It's who you are that gives your life purpose. Without understanding your purpose, without understanding your meaning, you'll always be unsatisfied. But when you understand your purpose and you start living in it, you, you end up living a life that is full, a life that is meaningful, no matter what you're doing, no matter what the labels of your life look like. I love this story, and it's a story that reminds us that our purpose is not found in what we do but it's who God's making us into. It's what he's doing. It's his purpose in our life. But I also know that when we're talking about purpose, what we really want 
are like the how-to. We need it to be more practical than that. Like, okay, that's inspiring. It starts with my heart. It's not what I do. It's who I am and who God is making me into. I understand that that's my purpose, but like I need something practical. I want to start living in my purpose right now. I want to start experiencing meaning right now. So I got some practical things for you about purpose, three of them actually, and they can be found later on in this passage in verse 18. You see, here's how to live in your purpose. Here's some key things to step into your purpose. See, David goes back to the field and Saul, God's doing stuff he can't see. He's, he's working in and around Saul, and he's tormenting Saul, actually. Saul's got a spirit that's discontent and, and tormenting him. And some of his servants become concerned, and they say, like, let's find somebody who can play the lyre for him. That's an instrument. I think it looked like a harp. I don't know. Complain to somebody else if I totally butchered that point right there. Like He's like, let's find somebody to play music. Anybody got any ideas? Like, who, who's got some ideas? In verse 18 comes such a powerful part of David's story in a verse that nobody even pays attention to. It says, one of the servants answered, I've seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He is a brave man and a warrior He speaks well and is a fine-looking man, and the Lord is with him. See, God was doing something around David's life. And and here's point number one to walking into your purpose. you got to realize it's a God thing, not a you thing. You see, the purpose of your life is God's purpose for your life. It's not your purpose for your life. And so it's not about finding the purpose. It's not about discovering the purpose. It's not like you're on some treasure hunt trying to figure out which job's going to make you feel fulfilled. You see, when it comes to God, it's not about finding your purpose. It's about aligning with God's purpose in your life. Aligning with what God wants to do in you. Aligning with what God wants to do through you. See, God's purpose for you is his purpose for you. And Acts 13 and verse 36, it tells a story about David's life. And it says this. It says, when, God had, when, when David had fulfilled God's purpose, he died and was buried. It's the same thing in Psalm 57 too. It says this. I call out to God who vindicates me, it says in the NIV. But when you look at some other translations and you dive into the Hebrew of that passage, it actually could be read like this. It says, I cry out to God Most High, to God who fulfills His purpose in my life. You want to step into the meaning and purpose. You want to live a life that is full of purpose. It's not about you discovering your purpose for life. It's about you aligning with God's purpose for you. And his purpose is who he's making you into. It's to glorify him. It's to be more like Christ. But he's got a purpose for you. And it's about you becoming who he has made you to be. God's purpose. It's a God thing. Not a you thing. The second thing that we have to start to understand is that you walk 
into your purpose by being faithful in the little things. I know you want it to be something big. I know you're hoping for like some big like, oh, I'm going to blow it up on Instagram. I'm going to become viral on TikTok. I'm going to be some crazy influencer. I'm going to stand on a stage and speak to thousands of people. I'm going to start a church with thousands of people. I'm going to do something epic and huge and people are going to be like, whoa, look at that. Look at him. But that's not the point at all. You see, walking into your purpose in life, it's about being faithful in the little things. My journey in ministry didn't start with stages. It started with learning what it was like to be in a pastor's family. It started about learning how to trust God when things got difficult. It was watching my father live that faith out and learning from him it was about speaking to small groups of people, little like six people, you know, like about the Bible. It was about learning how to teach it and learning what it said. It was mostly about becoming who God was making me in leadership in my own journey. You asked Scott where he started. It wasn't with a microphone singing out and to, to hundreds of people every Sunday morning. It was serving on a team. You got to be faithful in the little stuff. David, he was just doing his thing. Being faithful to God, whether it was in the field, whether it was playing music for his brothers or his father, he was just being faithful in his town, in his neighborhood, and some servant of the king saw it and said, that's the guy we need for the job. And then he was just in Saul's court playing music. Not being king, playing music to keep the current king happy. Just learning. Being faithful, being faithful to God in the little things. You see, that's how you end up discovering your purpose. You realize it's God's purpose for me, not my plan. And then you start being faithful in the small things. The third thing is you start walking out your purpose. You see, you walk into it by being faithful in what God puts in front of you right now. Who, he, who he's put you and, and you, and you start walking out your purpose, discovering your purpose, discovering the calling God has for you by serving God's people. I hope you wrote those three things down. They are so important if you want to discover purpose and meaning in your life. Realize it's not about my plan. God's got a purpose for me, and it's bigger and better than the purpose I have. I'm going to start to be faithful with what he has right in front of me instead of being discontent about what I don't have the opportunity to do. I'm just going to be faithful right here, flipping burgers. I'm going to be faithful right now with the conversations I have. I'm going to be faithful in how I speak about my boss. I'm going to be faithful by, by being uplifting to the people around me instead of cutting them down. I'm going to be faithful in the words I say and the thoughts I think. I'm going to be faithful in how I treat my kids and how I treat my family. When I have an opportunity to do something small for God, I'm going to be faithful and do something small for him. I'm not going to think this is below me. I'm not going to expect the payout. I'm just going to walk through the promise. And that's how you start, by serving others. It's not flashy. It sounds like it can be a pain to your calendar a headache in your already stressed out, busy life. But if you would stop 
and start to serve God's people, you will discover his unique calling and giftedness in your life. And you will start to find purpose and meaning in what you do. But it doesn't start with what you do. It starts with your heart. Listen, I, I don't want to wait. Get in the game. Like, it's time for you to get, we need you to get in the game. God's people, they need you to get in the game. There's a bunch of lost people. They need you to get in the game and start living out the purpose that he has called you to live out, to start being the person he has called you to be. We all need it. Just find a small way to start serving God's people, to, to lift them up. Lose the attitude. Lose, lose the, the complaining. It's not about you. It's about loving other people and helping them where you're at, being faithful with your own heart, being faithful in your own action to serve others. And as you start doing that, and you flip your attitude, you start serving somebody. You start picking up some food and taking it and dropping it off at somebody's house. You call and start checking in on your neighbors. You start doing what, give it, taking what you love and using what you love to do, what, what you're passionate about. Instead of using it just to serve you, you start using it to serve other people and you're going to step into your purpose and meaning, the life God has called you to live and it is going to fill you with joy. Listen, get in the game, start acknowledging that your purpose is God's purpose and you will live a life full of meaning. I hope you can step into your purpose this week, today maybe. Don't wait around. We're gonna stand and wait for some people to step into their purpose and if you're stepping into your purpose, I would love to hear about it. I would love to talk about the ideas you have. I'd love to share in your journey with you. Nothing excites me more than watching people embrace God's purpose for them and seeing their life explode with meaning. I can't wait to see what's next. Let's pray. Dear God, we're so thankful that you have given us meaning and purpose. That's not about what we do. It's about who we are. It's about who you are making us to be. I pray that we would just remember that, that it's not about what we do. It's about who we are. We start living in the purpose that you have for us every day by, by being faithful in the small things and by, by serving your people, serving others the way you have served us. Such a great example in Jesus. Man, I should have preached that. That would have been amazing maybe next time, God. But remind us of Christ's example for us to follow. Help us to be faithful in the small things, whether we're in the field or in the king's court, to serve other people and to realize it's not about my plan, it's about your plan and purpose for my life because it's way better than anything I could do. Thank you for the cross, for the freedom we have because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you all have enjoyed the service and the message has spoken to you. In a few moments, the worship team will be back to lead us in some additional worship. Then our pastor will be back to close today's service. We're so grateful to partner with you in achieving our vision of being a church for Jesus, for Schuylkill County, for your family and friends, and for you. Your generosity enables us to continue to reach our community with the great news of Jesus Christ. For more information on what the Bible says about generous giving, check out 2 Corinthians 9, 6-8.
We made the partnership process very simple here at Grace. You can give online by clicking the Give Online button below. You can text a gift to 570-528-2060, or you can mail your gift to the church. For more information on how to give, visit our website, www.gracefreechurch.net forward slash give. We pray that this service has been a blessing to you. Again, thank you for partnering with us. When I consider what you have made, the mighty oceans, the fiery stars, the fields and forests can give you praise, my Lord, my God, and I
Thanks for joining us for this service. We hope and pray it was meaningful for you. We want you to know that we are for you and God is for you too. We will be putting out a ton of great content to help you through the week. You can check all of that out by following us on social media or making sure we have your email address by clicking the connect button. We hope you know you are loved here, but way more importantly, God loves you. Have a great week.